Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you know my story, which will pop up on screen, you know that I've I've struggled with diets a lot. And the one thing that has really helped me, significantly changed everything, which I hope to give you today, is education. Quality education that makes it click. For that reason, it's very important for me to explain some things that may seem like common sense, but I urge you, if you really want this to be important, to watch it in order and don't skip around. I know I personally skip on YouTube videos, especially when they've got an introduction like this. And if you've watched my videos before, you know that I'm not the introduction type of guy. I usually jump straight in with the practical advice. You can't do that with diets. You have to learn about diets from the ground up. So that's why this introduction is quite long, even though I usually skip over them completely. You're gonna have to reframe your mind. We're gonna have to take out everything you know about diets because everything you know about diet has been ingrained into you by a society that is unhealthy. No matter which country you're in, apart from like two or three countries, Pretty much everyone in your country is overweight. 70% of people in Western countries are overweight or obese. That means that whatever we're all doing as a majority as a society is not working. We're doing the opposite. In self-improvement, we always follow one of those quotes that says to do the opposite of the majority. If you follow the diet of the majority, which is not thinking about diets, not watching diet educational videos, you will get the results of the majority. So congratulations, you're already one step ahead of everyone else. Let's begin with the biggest problem in the world right now, the pandemic that's been going around for a while. I'm not talking about COVID. It's, that's a very, very small pandemic compared to the obesity pandemic. Learning about the obesity pandemic is so important, even if you are not obese, because lose your ego a little bit, chances are you will become overweight or obese in your life if you don't learn this stuff. We have to ask ourselves, why has fat gain become so common? Why are people getting not just overweight, but obese? Now, the simpletons in the fitness industry will say, oh, because people eat more. And that's true. But leaving the argument there is the reason why nothing has been done. It's the reason why the obesity rates keep climbing up because for so long we have told obese people to eat less and move more. 
but that it, it isn't working. It is not working. We have to like look at this on a deeper level than just what the simpletons in the fitness industry say. We need to go past that base question of why they're gaining weight because we know it's a calorie surplus. People are eating too many calories. What we have to ask is the further question, why are people eating too many calories? This question has not been asked much because we've all just left the conversation there that, okay, people are eating too much, they need to eat less. It's a whole, whole raving thing. We'll talk about the fitness industry, but it's like the groundbreaking thing that, oh, to lose weight, all you have to do is eat less. But we should be asking, why? Why do so many people have to lose weight in the first place? Why do we have to tell people to eat less? That why are people eating more? We understand fat gain obesity is from people eating more, but why are they eating more? And that is because of the types of food. Now, this is gonna hurt all those minimalist YouTubers, Matt Diavella and all, all the fitness people who've done the videos like, oh, there's no such thing as bad food. Yes, there is. There's no such thing as bad calories. Yes, there is. All calories are the same. No, they're not. That is such a simpleton view of nutrition. Saying all calories is the same. is like saying all money, all currency is the same. Like, no. Maybe if you're like, a dumb child, you could kind of believe that all currency is the same. But once you get a little bit older and your IQ gets into double digits, you start realizing that currency is different. It has different values. It has different uses, just like different calories and macronutrients are different. Obesity is getting more common. And now hopefully you understand that we, we know that it's because people are eating in a calorie surplus. But the real question is, why is a calorie surplus? Why are people eating so much? Why is that so common around the world? And that is because of the types of food. Humans have not just evolved in the last 100 years. Evolution, some, some kind of changes to our biological process takes millions of years. So we have to think that this is an outside influence. This is something that we as, as man, as, as humans have created and put into our bodies that are now making it so that we eat more. So therefore it is the type of food. It is the foods that we're eating that are causing this obesity pandemic. So now we have to do a comparison of the foods that we're eating compared to the times when obesity was uncommon slash non-existent. Just over a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, you you wouldn't have seen obese people everywhere. Maybe there would have been that one random guy who's 200 pounds and everyone would have thought, it's like, oh my God, he's an elephant or some shit. <laughs> now a man being 200 pounds is, is average. Seriously, a man being 200 pounds is average. The average woman now weighs what men used to weigh. For a long time, I had a negative view towards overweight and obese people. And I wanna, I wanna drill this in right now if you're watching this, whether you are overweight, obese, or if you're kind of like me, like a fit person, obese people are not our enemies. For some reason, when we talk about this stuff, it's like people have a, a very negative view towards fat people, as if it's like an us versus them situation. It's not, they are not our enemies. We are on the same team, it's me, plus the obese guy versus the problem. We're all trying to just be healthy and happy people. I, I am ashamed to say for a long time that I, I had such a negative view to fat people because I thought, oh, you know, they're, they're fat and they're lazy and uh, they're, they're causing problems for the, the, the maybe the healthcare is, is getting worse because they're a drain on the healthcare. But we have to think that most people, if not all of them, do not want to be obese. We have to treat obesity, overweight, fat gain like an addiction. And we as a generation of dumbasses of, people in the government system and the healthcare system have failed people with addictions, whether it's drugs, whether it's social media, internet porn, whether it's food, we are horrible to people with addictions. We, we see them as the enemy for some reason. And we have to strip that mindset away and start treating these people with love and actually start questioning why would 
a normal person be like this? What can we do to change this person's life so that he doesn't need that addiction anymore? And the answer, in my opinion, is to increase the high quality food intake, the natural foods. We'll go on to that later. I'm gonna tell you everything I know about natural foods, about unprocessed foods. The obesity pandemic is caused because we are eating a lot less of the high quality food, the good food. You're gonna hear me say this a lot and it's probably gonna trigger some people, but there is good and bad food, but this isn't a safe space. So if you get triggered, if you, if you find this offensive then it sucks to be you if you're so sensitive but this is true there's so many youtubers i see who have made videos like the myth of the myth of bad food there's no such thing as bad food yes there is ice cream is bad for you sugar is bad for you alcohol is bad for you junk food heavily processed food mcdonald's is bad for you there is foods that is good for you this fact that i'm telling you right now it's not an opinion this is a fact that i'm telling you that there is bad and good foods is quite insensitive I'm not taking anyone's feelings into consideration when I say this. And so straight away, if I start saying, okay, McDonald's is bad for you, someone who's just ate McDonald's would, would feel offended by that. I'm hoping that you can agree with me that there is bad and good foods. And you now it should become clear that the reason why there's an obesity pandemic is because we're choosing the bad foods. So to cure the obesity pandemic, even though it's not this simple, but to cure it, we just need to eat more good foods. I'm not even saying to eat less bad foods. The reason why we're eating bad foods is because we're eating less good foods. A successful diet is all about adding things in, not taking things out. When we take things away from a human who's addicted to them, it makes it worse. It makes him obsessed with that substance that we took away. So to cure the obesity pandemic, we need to feed people good quality food. When you fill up on good quality food, you are so full and satiated that the smallest amount of chocolate is actually a reasonable treat. My, my treat right now is a piece of dark chocolate. I was a chronic binge eater. My treat is a piece of dark chocolate and that satisfies me because I am quite sickly full throughout my day of the, the foods that I eat in a good way. So now this new section is gonna seem like common sense up until it doesn't. So don't click away. If I was watching this personally, I would think, what an idiot, we don't need to be asked this question but I'm gonna ask you the question, hopefully you can answer it. Is fat unhealthy? Now, I would have said yes, absolutely, 100%, and that would have been wrong. It is not 100% unhealthy. There's two types of body fat, and one is actually surprisingly not unhealthy. One type actually does not lead to metabolic syndrome, and this is like, we have to, we have to reframe your mind. How is fat unhealthy? Let's ask that question. How is fat unhealthy? We, we understand, okay, obese people are unhealthy, they're, they're sick, but how? Exactly what, what happens? Is it like the fat in your body does something? What exactly happens? There's two things. Now, having a large amount of weight can be unhealthy in the sense that it can, you know, it can weigh you down, it can ruin your posture, uh, lack of exercise because you're heavier. But that is quite minuscule compared to the metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is the reason why fat is so unhealthy, but metabolic syndrome is not exactly caused by fat. Hopefully you didn't click away when I started talking about good and bad food, but you're gonna learn how bad food gives you metabolic syndrome. I want you to reframe your mind that fat is just a symptom of eating in a calorie surplus, but fat does not equal sickness. It does not equal metabolic syndrome. It does not equal diabetes and cardiovascular disease, although it is heavily correlated. This is where it gets a bit of like mind boggling. So essentially, since it's heavily correlated, we may as well say that, you know, it's caused, but it is not. Cause and effect is very, very different. Metabolic syndrome is like diabetes, heart disease, stroke, 
stroke, blood pressure. It's like the things we correlate with fat gain. So we think that metabolic syndrome is caused by fat gain. This is where it gets interesting. Hopefully I've explained it in a way that you can understand it because this is where we start getting to like the conspiracy theories and we, we start thinking that everything we know about fat is actually kind of wrong. Metabolic syndrome is not caused by fat gain. About 20% of obese people are actually relatively healthy because they don't have metabolic syndrome. And then we've got to think, okay, so maybe fat gain, fat in your body does not cause metabolic syndrome. So what does? And now we can start to disassociate. And, and this sounds weird. This is really crazy. I never thought I'd be one of those like um, health at every size, fat positive people. But after doing so much research, they, they are wrong. That fat positive thing, they are all wrong. But Fat is actually not unhealthy by itself. Not very unhealthy. Like the 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 effect it has, you know, on your spine and you weigh more, so you exercise less. It's still quite significant, but it's not that bad. The the huge problem, the health problem that comes, which we thought was due to fat gain, it, it comes from something else. We've got to ask what is causing metabolic syndrome because for so long we've essentially thought metabolic syndrome was just caused by fat. It was caused by obesity. But now we can see that metabolic syndrome, diabetes, heart disease, stroke is just one symptom. Obesity is another symptom. So what are these symptoms of? Now we could say calorie surplus, maybe that's true, but then why are some people who have eaten a huge calorie surplus still healthy? It's the type of food. And I'm gonna sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it is sugar. Look at these two pictures. Which one is unhealthy? The one at the top has got significantly more fat, so he is unhealthy. No, I'm lying. The one at the bottom is the one who is sick. The one at the top could actually be a relatively healthy person, but the one at the bottom could die within the next year. He's got visceral fat. See how his fat isn't on the outside, it's on the inside of his body. That's the fat that goes around our organs. That's the dangerous types of fat. And so now we're actually getting so deep where there's actually different types of fat. And so really this all boils down to what is causing visceral fat, which is the dangerous fat and the, the all-round general body fat, we've actually got to start to think that that might not be unhealthy for us. It's not ideal. I'd say the most healthiest thing is to be about 15% body fat, relatively strong and muscular, but it's not too bad. Visceral fat, belly fat is the dangerous part. I really hope I've explained this in the way that you can understand. The question then is, what is causing visceral fat? Visceral fat is the problem. That is what we should be concentrating on when we think about diet. That is what we should be just thinking about in general to cure the obesity pandemic. It's not just to eat less because eat less would help the top guy. It would help the guy whose fat is just body fat. But we're learning that about 20% of people are that top picture where they've just got body fat, but the types of food they're eating aren't giving them much visceral fat. So they're relatively healthy. So honestly, we don't really need to help them. Aesthetically, you know, they could look nicer, they could look more muscular, and that's why they'd get a personal trainer. But in terms of healthcare, they don't need our help. It's the bottom picture. And these people, this is what's really surprising. This is how skinny people get diabetes. We have never seen this before. I hope that all the neurons in your brain are starting to click and you're starting thinking, wait, that's true. There's a phenomenon of skinny people getting metabolic syndrome and we've thought the metabolic syndrome was caused by fat gain, but it's not. It's caused by the types of food we eat and this is so important because now I am adamant to say 
that this sickness that comes with metabolic syndrome is not caused by a calorie surplus. It's not caused by eating too much. The biggest strain in our healthcare system, the biggest reason why the obesity pandemic is such a huge problem is because of the type of food that we eat is causing visceral fat. Visceral fat is the problem and skinny people can get this. It's your diet, it's not just how much you eat and it's not just the size of you, the weight of you. People with normal weights, normal sizes are getting metabolic syndrome. Visceral fat is causing metabolic syndrome, not just fat gain, not just obesity. Obesity, just visually looking at someone who's 300 pounds, is barely even a problem. Let's say a 250 pound guy, it's just harder for him to exercise. If he got to that weight by overeating, relatively healthy foods but no one gets to that weight by re eating relatively healthy food that's why such a small number of people are overweight and healthy but also most people who are at normal weight at underweight are also sick with metabolic syndrome because it's the types of food that we're all consuming because we all fell for the biggest scam, this dumb little triangle. This is gonna to start to sound like a conspiracy theory. Hopefully you're still following along and everything I'm saying is making sense. I'm not gonna explain much exactly why this, this dumb little triangle, this pyramid is the biggest scam humanity fell for. The, the TLDR of it, by putting carbs as our biggest intake and reducing fat means that we are inherently going to be eating more sugar. Even though the sugar is the, you know, the top of the pyramid, the smallest thing that we should be having as a treat that is impossible if fat is reduced anything you've ever seen in the shop that says low fat reduce fat would taste like absolute garbage it would probably make you throw up but the reason why it doesn't is because anything that says low fat, reduced fat, actually means increased sugar. Go ahead and look at anything you can go and find. Go and look at any cereal, any cheese, any, any cream, any yogurt, anything you want. Go and look at it. If it says reduced fat, go and check how much sugar it has and you'll be disgusted. Fat is taste. Imagine a carb that has no fat. So just plain rice, plain bread, no butter, tastes disgusting. Food only tastes good when you put fat onto it. So when we take the fat out of this stuff, it tastes like shit, but it's now got reduced calories. So everyone's so happy. Like, hey, we're, we're eating less calories. We're not gonna get obese. But now it tastes like shit. So what's the cheapest substance that they can add into it to one, make it taste good, but hopefully to make you an addict and make you buy it again, sugar. Sugar is the reason why people are dying. Sugar is the cause of visceral fat. Sugar and al alcohol. Alcohol is actually a massive one, but that's got so many health problems to it that it's not just limited to visceral fat. I'm gonna talk about hormones and this in case I'm watching this, younger me, 18-year-old me, any time that I'd watch videos like this and they started talking about insulin and ghrelin and leptin and all these hormones and brain signaling, it, it would fry my brain and I'd just click off. I'd, I'd just be thinking, okay, just, just tell me the, the calories, tell me what foods I should be eating. Please trust me that I wasted years of my life and I kept on binge eating for so long up until I understood about hormones. So I'll try to explain this as simple as I can. This is the most important part. Even with sugar, we need to understand why we're over eating it and it's all down to our hormones literally everything about diet is down to our hormones because it's our hormones that makes us feel hungry it's our hormones that makes us want to eat more it's our hormones that signals that we're tired and we can't exercise my hormones on the other hand signal to me that I can exercise for three hours and enjoy it my hormones make me crave healthy food I, I can't believe I get to say that that my hormones genuinely now signal to me to crave healthy food and signal to me to go and exercise for at least two to three hours a day. Sounds crazy? 
I'm hopefully going to get you there. I'm just saying this so much to my younger self, the 18, 20 year old me who would have heard about insulin and be like, oh, I don't need to know any of this. Just, just tell me what protein to eat. Don't be like me. Listen to this. There's three major hormones that we need to know about in terms of diets. Leptin, insulin, ghrelin. Let's start with leptin. Leptin signals to our brain that we're full and it actually signals to our brain that we've got some energy to expend because we've just ate. So we want a good level of leptin. People who've got a healthy level of leptin stop eating. As soon as they feel full, they stop eating. How crazy is that? Even maybe before they feel you know, sickly full, they stop eating because they've gotten that signal that, okay, I've had enough. These people are also the people who can exercise for hours, so. Hello, me. Insulin is what spikes after we eat carbs, especially sugar. Insulin stops the leptin signal. How mad is that? Insulin, when we have carbs, especially sugar, that stops, that either reduces or stops the signaling from leptin. So when our insulin goes up, we don't get the signal that we are full. When our insulin goes up, we don't get the signal that we are energized and we have enough strength to go and exercise. So in a practical sense, eating carbs, especially sugar, tells our brain that we need to eat more and that we don't have energy, which is so weird because carbs are supposed to give us energy, but that's like in the long run. There's a reason why so many people, after they eat any kind of carb, they get a dip in energy where they just wanna lay down for a certain amount of time, and then a few hours later, they get like the boost of energy. That dip is your leptin signal not being heard by your brain because insulin is stopping it. So really what we want is to reduce how much insulin is produced in our body. Insulin's first job is to give our cells some energy. So this is why carbs, give energy. But insulin's second job is to store fat. Once we don't need any more energy, what else is it going to go into? Insulin then produces fat. This, we'll talk about this more later, but this is why the fitness industry is all wrong. They're all just simpletons who have just not looked into like A-level science to realize this stuff that what you eat truly changes. Like if we just talk about calories, macronutrients, we're not talking about insulin. And now don't you see that it the insulin is what causes fat gain. So imagine if we had days where we didn't have much insulin at all, we didn't have much carbs at all, would we still gain fat? Now you would be saying, okay, on a calorie surplus, yes, but it's debatable. And trust me, I have 100% been in the situation where, no, 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 it's a calorie surplus, that's the only thing that matters. But now I am unconvinced and I'm pretty sure I'm on the other side now where I don't believe you can actually gain fat if you reduce sugar. If we overeat carbs and if we overeat sugar, insulin starts producing fat because we've got an excess of energy. Now we should be using that energy to go and exercise, but insulin reduces the leptin signaling for some time. And so that means that if you overeat, which pretty much all of us overeat all the time, insulin is gonna start producing fat, which means that we are producing fat pretty much every day because, kind of side note, food has been made to be overeat. So then we could say that fat gain is caused by insulin, which it pretty much is. So the question then we should be asking is, what actually causes the highest amount of insulin? What causes a small amount? And we should be choosing the, the foods that has the small amount of insulin spike. This is what's called the glycemic load. It's kind of like complicated, so I won't get into it too much, but pretty much if you can just trust the research and I'll link some things that you can learn from as well. Low quality junk food has a high glycemic load and high glycemic load converts into high insulin. So it's what you've known all this time. Shitty junk food, even stuff that isn't high in sugar, still has a high glycemic load. So that converts to higher insulin. So again, there is bad food. Food that heavily spikes your insulin is bad. Do not trust the YouTubers who keep 
the, the cringy videos, man. There's no such thing as bad food. It's, it's just marketable. Just marketable. So now hopefully you've got like an A-level understanding. This is what you should have known when you were like 13 years old. But of course, school didn't teach us this. Doctors don't even know this. The, the fitness industry are just a bunch of photoshopping, steroid-taking motherfuckers that are not gonna tell you the truth because it's not marketable. So hopefully now you know that all calories are not the same. There is bad food. And so the objective of any diet plan should be one that gets you to reduce the bad food, but heavily focuses on increasing the good food, the food that's got a low glycemic index, the food that doesn't heavily spike your insulin, the food that doesn't mess up your leptin signaling, which means that when you eat it, you start to feel really full and satiated. The final hormone that we have to talk about is ghrelin. And put simply, ghrelin is just your hunger hormone. When you feel hungry, that's because ghrelin has been released to signal that you should eat. Ghrelin is just a hormone. It's just a feeling. You don't, the psychological mindset is that you don't actually have to listen to it. So it's interesting to know that our hunger feeling is just a hormone. And now if we can understand what ghrelin is like, we can understand hunger. The very important part of obesity or fat gain is why are people who are fat? Why are people who overeat still hungry? That's a very important question. It's because of ghrelin. Ghrelin doesn't really care if you've ate much. Ghrelin increases at the time that you normally eat. But what's really surprising, which most people haven't put together, is that if you don't eat, your ghrelin goes down. Think about that time that you were like really, really busy. That one time you didn't eat for like, you know, eight hours. Were you literally starving at the end that you you were like about to die? Now, you got the, you got the feeling of ghrelin. You got the feeling of hunger and you started feeling quite hungry. But after about an hour, the hunger went down. This graph shows exactly what ghrelin is like. It just spikes when you normally eat food. So you can see that these spikes are at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But the amount of ghrelin our body produces just goes down after the time that we stop eating. So ghrelin just kind of likes consistency. It just wants us to eat at the same time every day. It kind of gives us a reminder to feel hungry at the same time to just signal like, oh yeah, like this is when you normally eat to so go and eat. But we don't have to listen to it and you can see that ghrelin goes down. So that explains why people who overeat still feel hungry because ghrelin just kicks in when we normally eat. And it also explains why people who do fasting, people who fast for days at a time, actually don't feel like disgustingly starving by the end of it because ghrelin goes up and it goes down. We kind of believe that our hunger would go up in a linear correlation with how long it's been since we ate, but that's not true. The ghrelin, the hunger just goes up and down in waves. So that was a lot to take in. You've just had your entire knowledge of diet, of nutrition completely changed, hopefully. And now we're gonna talk more about on a societal level, the, the issues with diets. And the first one that I've got a bone to pick with is the fitness industry, because these motherfuckers contributed to my binge eating disorder. What is the purpose of any content online? What what do the news want when they, when they post really scary stuff about like, the deaths of COVID and you know, like clickbait and shit. What do they want? They want views, they want attention. So bigger things, things that are quite unconventional get more views. So fitness people with abs who are doing 10,000 calorie challenges and who are saying, you can eat anything you want. There's no such thing as bad food. That's marketable. That's so interesting that I'm gonna click on it even though I know it's not true. You're gonna click on it. You've watched at least a hundred videos of some fitness guy with abs who, who says that he eats Cocoa Pops and stuff and he does. And that's the scare, and that's the, this is the mind boggling thing that we have to wrap our heads around. I have been in a fantastic shape whilst binge eating multiple days in a row, like multiple months in a row. 
how the most common diet in the fitness industry is if it fits your macros. My fitness palace made this very convenient. You set your number of macros and then you aim to hit that goal with pretty much anything you want. That makes it so cool. Wait, so if I go to the gym and I track what I eat, I can eat anything I want. So you're telling me I've got 80 grams of carbs and I can eat a donut. And they'll be like, yeah, and you'll eat it and you will actually lose weight and you'll be like, oh my God, that is mad. Calories don't matter, all calories are the same, just eat less. And idiots like me have preached this for so long without having the basic level of education to know that it is not healthy. I can't believe that it's so common sense that it took me years to realize that eating junk food is not healthy, even though the junk food can reduce that body fat if you just eat less. Remember we said that there's two types of fat? The fitness industry only care about that visible body fat because it's full of narcissistic vain people like myself who only care about appearance. It is mad, it is crazy that the fitness industry is full of some of the most unhealthy people. Do not trust these people. What's happening in the fitness industry since they only care about appearance, they only focus on reducing the first level of fat. But in order to do that in a market way which is hey guys you can eat anything you want just track your macros and eat less calories it's causing the visceral fat mark my words in 20 years time most of these people that you're seeing on the biggest fitness pages they're all gonna have diabetes and a lot of them are gonna die from stroke and heart disease I know it sounds like disgusting for me to say that I, I don't wish it on anyone but I believe it's true I believe it's gonna be a very scary moment in about 20 years time when the biggest people of the fitness industry start dropping like flies because of the visceral fat that they're gaining from this if it fits your macros. Why clean eating is bad for you. Lost respect for Jeff Nippard, man. When I mentioned diet in a previous video, one guy commented and he said, I, I see what you mean, it's not healthy to eat this stuff, but technically, if you only care about what you look like, you'd look the same, you'd have the same body composition if you ate junk food compared to healthy food. And that is what the fitness industry has preached that we're only caring about appearance so if you eat junk food you get to enjoy the junk food and you get to look good and that is not true you might get to look good and you might get to still make progress eating the junk food but your body composition what you look like if we're only caring about appearance by the way is not going to be as good as if you ate clean healthy foods because the way that i'll have the comment of me and this guy the way that i explained it to him was that when you eat the healthy food, you're just better fueled for the workout. And when you're better fueled for the workout, you just have a better body composition. You're gonna make more muscle in the leg session in which you had chicken and rice beforehand compared to eating Cocoa Pops. And that's just on a base level if we're just talking about how it fuels your workout. The leptin is actually very important in this because the low quality junk food, since it blocks the leptin signal, it actually means one, you're gonna eat more, which means that you're more prone to binge eating. So you just look shit anyway. And two, your brain not getting the leptin signal means that you're gonna feel more tired and exercise less with less intensity. So the junk food is gonna lead to exercising less. So that if it fits your macros, it's completely, it's just, it should have never even been something that we all preached and idiots like me, which I'm so ashamed of, preached it for so long. After being like so into the fitness industry, I've concluded that it's riddled with mental health problems, it's riddled with binge eating disorders, it's riddled with anxiety, with depression, with low self-esteem, just don't trust them. There's a reason why each and every one of these fitness enthusiasts are doing binge eating challenges because they've got an eating disorder and they think, oh, as long as I record it and I look pretty whilst eating, I'll get some views. <laughs> don't trust them. So let's move on. What is a healthy diet? What should you eat? Now, again, 
even though I've said there's so much bad food, my advice in terms of the diet is not to reduce the bad food because if that is your mindset, that actually gets quite depressing. You wake up with like a sense of anxiety, like you've got a craving for McDonald's, for chocolate, for crisps, and you think, oh, no, 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 Hamza, the YouTuber said not to eat it. And then you've got to think like, oh, but I don't want any damn vegetables. It's not a good way to live. Instead, my advice has always been to have the positive approach to eat more good food to eat more healthy food, the unprocessed food. What is unprocessed food? I used to watch these videos years ago and when they say unprocessed, I never really put two and two together. So the way that I like to think about it now, which it maybe seems a little bit overboard, but when you try it, you'll see that it's like a fail-proof system as long as you keep using the system. Before you eat anything, look at the ingredient list. Usually in unprocessed food, there is no ingredient list because the food is the ingredient. The ingredients in potato is potato. The ingredients in broccoli is broccoli. Do you see how they are literally like one base ingredient? And then go and look at something that's processed. Here is a picture of a McDonald's wrap. So <laughs> there's a lot of ingredients, right? So my, so my little system that I do, which I try to stick to, but even I do, you know, fail it. I don't follow it sometimes is always look at the ingredients. And if there is one thing on the ingredients list that you don't know, that you literally cannot like identify it right now, what this is, what it looks like, what, you know, where it came from, Google it. Look at the ingredients list and just Google the things that you don't know. And you'll find that how long it takes you to do that with something like McDonald's is not even worth it. And so this is how you pick the unprocessed foods. It's just to think about the foods that are like the base natural ingredients and just have them. And do not fall for the, the American view that are oh, this, but this food is, it's hard to prepare. It's not quick, easy and cheap and it's, it doesn't taste nice. One, nutrition, your diet should not be quick, easy and cheap. I can't believe those words have, have to be said. Your, your nutrition is something to invest in. If you are one of those people who wants your diet to be quick, easy and cheap, that's disgusting. Your nutrition should be somewhat of a slow process that you put a lot of intention into. It should be not expensive, but it should, it should be not expensive. It should be kind of frugal, but it should be high quality and it should not be just easy. It could, if that's like a positive of some kind of healthy food, yes, but most healthy food is not quick, easy and cheap and that's okay. This is something to invest in, to invest some time, some effort, some money into better nutrition and that is one of the best investments you'll ever make in your life. And then the taste factor. We've been conditioned from childhood to think that vegetables aren't tasty. They are, it's just that your parents aren't really good at cooking them. Learn how to cook them. You've got the internet at your hands. You've hopefully learned so much in this video and you hopefully understand that the internet can be used to go and learn things. Ask yourself this question how many hours in the last month have you spent actively searching to find out how to make healthy food taste nice zero 100 of the people watching this have spent zero hours actively searching on how to make healthy food taste nice i've just called you out but it's true when was the last time you literally googled how to make broccoli taste better you've never done that in your life i've never done that in my life i'm, I'm just being biased. But I have done that with things like salmon, with sweet potatoes. So here's my advice. Start with the ingredients. Let's say sweet potatoes, they're quite nice. Then do a little Google search, watch a little YouTube video and go and look at the one that looks quite nice. How to make sweet potatoes taste better. How to make broccoli taste better. How to make salmon and sweet corn and 
oats taste better. All of these one based natural ingredients can taste delicious. It's just that we've never really put time to make them delicious. The information is at your fingertips. It sounds kind of cliche, but lots of vegetables, high fat, low sugar, high fiber is the way to go. The mentality to have with this healthy diet is that it's not just going to click like this. Most, for some reason, that's the mentality we all have with everything that we do. We, we get so motivated by a video like this and then don't have a 100% perfect diet the next day. And we're like, oh, I can't even do it. Like, no, bro, it takes a while, you dumbass. Like, stay to it. Have the mentality that you wanna have a healthy diet, a nutritious diet, which doesn't mess up your hormones. And start following that as best as you can every day. It's not, we're not doing like a binary thinking of zero to one. Like, oh, if you ate something bad today, that's it. The whole day's gone off and you failed. No, 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 it's like zero to 100. And most days you're gonna end up about 50, about 60. Hopefully this video will help you get to like 60, 70. And that's okay. Don't think that you start at 100 and the moment you ate something bad, you're at zero. So the rest of the day, you may as well binge eat. Don't do that. Let's talk about binge eating. There is two cures to binge eating, which is mindfulness and the foods that don't mess up your hormones. That's the two things you need to know. No one else is telling you this advice. The advice that I see on the big YouTubers channels like just wait 20 minutes if you want to binge eat you can just wait 20 minutes <laughs> the lack of the lack of education and knowledge in videos like that just makes me it makes me hate the person that's making the video because I just think like you're not even helping anyone it's just that clickbait it looks so marketable by you saying oh you just wait 20 minutes <laughs> I was a chronic binge eater and it's been over six months since I binge ate exactly how did I do it through the healthy diet change remember those hormones again it is the lack of leptin signaling to your brain that causes binge eating remember that leptin signals to our brain that we're full and that we can stop eating and remember that insulin blocks that leptin signal so if you want to feel full and not just you know the feeling of full but actually you get that like satisfying thing where you, you actually don't eat anymore what we've got to do is make sure that we're getting that leptin signal and we get that leptin signal by not having a massive spike in our insulin. So to cure binge eating, eat food with low glycemic load. Eat food that doesn't heavily spike your insulin, which means low sugar and low amounts of processed food. No one ever in the history of mankind has ever binge ate on oats. Yeah, maybe if they put chocolate in the oats, then they binge ate on it, but no one has ever binge ate on healthy vegetables because you, you get sickly full from it in, in a, such a satisfying way because it doesn't spike your insulin much. This is another problem of the fitness industry which has caused so much binge eating around the world that promoting this idea of, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as bad food, all calories are the same, just if it fits your macros, eat the right calories. The problem with that is that when you tell people that you can eat some junk food, that is how binge eating starts. No one actually starts the day eating something healthy like oats and eggs or something and says straight after the eggs they, they think you know what i'm gonna binge eat on these eggs mummy make me 20 more eggs no one does that it's you started the day pretty nicely and then you had the first sweet thing or you had the first processed junk food and then you binge ate so the cure to this binge eating firstly is to just not really have those foods have them every now and then and even then you'll find that really ever having food that is low quality, ever having food that's high in sugar will have a risk of binge eating. If you never eat that food, which I know sounds really serious, but if you pretty much never eat that food, you will never binge eat again. And 
you'll be happier, healthier, and you'll actually feel full all the time instead of that sickly feeling where you don't feel full, but you do feel full and you feel like shit and you've just ate a week's worth of calories. I've done a video a while ago on how mindfulness cures binge eating. I think mindfulness is the most effective cure for any addiction. Most addictions we indulge in mindlessly. We aren't thinking straight when we start overeating and stuff. Having increased levels of mindfulness through meditation, it kind of gives you like an extra second, a second chance before you're about to indulge in something. A huge part of binge eating happens because of anxiety. We binge eat for comfort because that is the comfortable thing in our day that we we, we associate good positive feelings with, especially if we've had a stressful day. Again, mindfulness is the cure to that. It might seem like I'm oversimplifying it. Uh, this video is not about mindful meditation, but if you watch one of the playlists, you'll probably understand why I preach it so much. Now let's talk about diets in terms of building muscle. The most effective way to build muscle is to be in a calorie surplus, but do not follow the fat YouTube weightlifter advice. Eating in a calorie surplus does not mean to eat shit. You've hopefully now got the level of education required to know that we don't want to spike our insulin. We don't want to mess up our hormones, our leptin, we don't want to eat that shit that gives us visceral fat. What we want is to simply eat more of the healthy foods and this is where bulking becomes not fun. This is where bulking becomes difficult. To build muscle efficiently, you have to bulk. And most people love to bulk because that is their excuse for their eating disorder. They just want to eat more junk food. If you don't want to get metabolic syndrome and you want to do this in a healthy way to build muscle, bulking is difficult because bulking literally means to eat more of the food that really fills you up. So when you're bulking, you should feel like it's a struggle. That's why when people talk about weightlifting and diets, they say that the diet is actually way harder and it only is harder if you eat the healthy foods. Bulking should be a struggle because you're literally force feeding yourself calories. If you eat junk, it's easy. But if you eat junk, that's going into visceral fat. You will gain weight when you do that and it'll seem like you are bulking because your weight's going up and you look a little bit bigger. But really what's just happening is that most of it is fat and most of that fat is visceral fat. It's not what we want. In a ideal world, we'd like to gain just muscle and zero fat. That would literally be like a dream. And the closest you can get to that is by doing it in the most clean eating way. The foods that don't mess up your leptin signal, the foods that don't give you visceral fat, the foods that don't spike your insulin. Eat big to get big is a myth. We only need a moderate calorie surplus. As a very rough amount, we only need to eat like an extra 200 calories a day, so it's not too much. If you're eating that with healthy foods that don't spike your insulin, that don't mess up your leptin, your body composition will look so much better at the end of your bulk than if you ate just junk food even though the junk food would technically feel like you were doing it right because your weight would go up. But remember, strip back down to the basics, we don't just want our weight to go up. We only use weight as just a way to track our progress in the bulk. But what we really want when we bulk is just muscle. We want as close to 100% muscle gain as possible. We want as least fat gain as possible because fat gain just means that we have to then go and do a cut. I'm losing my voice. <coughs> so when trying to build muscle, focus on lean bulking with a small to moderate calorie surplus and that calorie surplus should entirely come from the same foods of you know, the healthy high fiber high fats low sugar low glycemic load so just remember that bulking shouldn't be fun it shouldn't be something that you're thinking like oh, oh i can't wait to eat some muffins after my workout because it's got carbs and the fitness people told me it's okay no no, no. we're still trying to eat healthy bulking is not an excuse for your eating disorder that's my message to everyone in the fitness industry. Finally, losing fat. 
Losing fat requires you to be in a calorie deficit. That means to eat less than your maintenance. Now, being in a calorie deficit is not a problem. Everyone's so scared of going onto a cut because they eat junk food. When you eat junk food, you, you spike your insulin, you mess up the leptin, you are hungry all the time. So imagine now trying to be on reduced calories and still be eating shit. That's what everyone in the fitness industry does. Don't do that. If you cut and you only eat, again, the same foods that we've mentioned, cutting's fine. You actually like, you actually look forward to it because it's a time when you don't have to force feed yourself 100 grams of oats and 300 grams of rice. It's, it's, it's not too bad. Perhaps I'll make a whole video on what's called water fasting, but that is now what I preach as the most efficient way to lose fat. So to lose fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. We've already known this, but hopefully with some knowledge that I've told you in this video, you now hopefully understand the types of food you eat will make or break the cut. It will make or break your life. So do not cut, do not just eat the, the, sh the shitty food that's making all this difficult, that's leading to the metabolic syndrome. Losing fat is easy. It is literally easy when you eat the, the healthy processed foods. Here's a little graph of my fat loss. I did it with healthy foods and I have always struggled with cutting because a day into the cut I start binge eating because I would try to cut doing if it fits your macros. If it fits your macros is the horrible way, the worst way to diet because the moment you have a bit of sugar, the moment you have a bit of that unhealthy food, most people can't stop there. And so every cut beforehand I've pretty much failed apart from this one because I didn't eat any of that junk. And I was full, I literally did not feel hungry. I, I'm being honest, I know this, this is a privilege that I'm grateful of. <laughs> I forgot what hunger feels like. You probably won't believe me, but that is the truth. I genuinely forgot what hunger feels like. I have not felt hunger in over six months. I'm literally being serious. And there's some days where I've done like a bit of intermittent fasting. I didn't eat till 4 p.m. I have not felt the hunger. I've not felt ghrelin in six months. Let me say that again. I have not felt what hunger feels like in six months. I've kind of forgot what it feels like because I am constantly full and satiated, even on a calorie deficit because of the foods that I eat. Unprocessed, my, my leptin signaling must, must be so amazing. And I can exercise for about three hours a day. I know that this seems like an exaggeration. You're like, he must be overtraining or he's lying. Like, it's true. And I do it with a smile on my face. I actually feel energized throughout all of it and it feels good to me. When you eat this stuff, it it changes your life, man. For example, yesterday I did my leg session in the gym, which was one hour and 20 minutes. I did a 45 minute run, a 5K run. Then I went to my gymnastic ring spot and I did a one hour session there. So that's about three hours that I exercised yesterday. My body's pretty like sore, but in a nice way. I could not imagine being like this a year ago. I think the reason why is because of my leptin signaling, because I finally gave my body the nutrition it deserves. And I think that this is one of the best things you can do for yourself. So hopefully you enjoyed this video and I really, really hope you got some value. You learned a lot from this. I, I have been a victim of the, the shitty diet that everyone is recommending, the doctors are recommended, the, the, everyone who's unhealthy has recommended me an unhealthy diet. Hopefully, I am somewhat of a role model to you. I'm somewhat, I've got like a body that you kind of want yourself. I've got the, the performance that you want yourself. Hopefully you can look up to that and think that this is how I got here. And it's nothing special. I, I am not genetically like this because a year ago I was not like this. So that means that whatever I've recently implemented has caused this to be true. And that is what everything you've learned in this video. Improving your diet is a big journey. It is quite difficult. It's this so much to know. I could, I could speak for another two hours about everything. If you want me to coach you on a one-to-one -one basis, I will teach you so much more and we'll walk you through the diet plan. We'll do it in a way that's sustainable. I will not 
get you fast results. You will not get fast results with me. If you want fast results, I cannot promise that. I could get you a little bit faster than if you did it yourself. The big benefit of working with me is that I will do it in a sustainable way for you. I've got one student right now, I was speaking to him yesterday and I said that the one part of the diet goal, you know, the weight loss goal that everyone sets, that everyone forgets about, the one part that we just forget to think about is that we want to lose X amount of weight and keep it off. When you want fast results and you, you try and do loads of cardio and you try and starve yourself and do whatever the messed up shit you do to lose weight, we're forgetting that we want to lose that weight and then not have the weight come back. And most people just never think about that. When you work with me, we're gonna do it in a sustainable way that will take a little bit longer than if we did it in the most fast, brutal way. But the hope is that once you get to that goal weight, the, the goal health that you want from the diet, you're gonna stay there for the rest of your life because I'm not just gonna help you with weight loss. I'm gonna reframe, imagine what I've, this, this video is probably gonna be close to an hour. Imagine this every week on a one-to-one -one basis. I hope that that's got a huge amount of value because I am gonna reframe everything you think about in terms of diet and lifestyle and everything. I, I wanna completely change your future. I don't just wanna put you on a shitty, uh, track, track your calories mate and just eat 2000 calories a day, it's, it's too basic. The moment you stop tracking your calories, the moment you stop eating at the calorie deficit, you're gonna go back to the foods that cause you to gain that weight anyway. I'm gonna come in every single week, we're gonna speak, and slowly and surely, I'm gonna rechange how your brain is structured so that you just don't eat the same food. Now, usually at the end of these videos, it's nice to link one of my videos so that you know I get more views and watch time, but hopefully you understand how important this video that I'm gonna tell you to watch is because I'm literally losing you know potential watch time to recommend someone else's video, there is one video which is not optional. It is required. And I know it might seem a little bit boring because it's like an hour or two hours long and it's kind of like just a professor talking. It is an absolute requirement. You must watch this video. It's called Fat Chance. It'll be linked in the description. I have to say it again, you have to watch this video to the end. It's a long video, so you can watch it over a few days. But seriously, I have to say this again, If it is not optional. It is literally required. You must watch it. Click on the link right now and watch it all the way to the end. It will change your life. Not only will it change your life, it will probably save your life. And what you learn from it, I hope that you could then pass it on to other people that you care about, that you love, so that it could save their life too. Hope you appreciate this video. I've been talking for a while. I've lost my voice, my throat hurts. So I really hope that you got a lot of value from this. I had fun making it. Please leave a like and then hopefully the, the YouTube gods will show this video to loads of people. Please leave a comment and then, you know, the YouTube algorithm shit will like, the, the engagement, the viewer engagement will increase and maybe I'll get monetized soon or something. <laughs> All right, take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.